This is On Tap with Bill Clark. What is On Tap? I've had some of the best conversations over a pint of ale, a glass of Pilsner, or a bottle of brew. Conversations over a beer will include sports, family, work, hobbies, and the weather. But we won't stop there. We'll dive into what inspires us and what drives us as humans. I'll invite some of my friends, coworkers, mentors, and community leaders to share some of their wisdom, advice, and of course, some of their favorite beverages. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Welcome to On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. Welcome to On Tap with Bill Clark. Today, my very special guest is the Mr. Steve Coble. Steve? Hey, how's it going? It's great. Thanks for being on episode three, being my second guest. I had to... Oh, it's one of my favorite numbers. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. it was a coin flip between you and Phil for number one. So, but you, you, your pheromones are are better smelling than 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 Phil's. So, well, that's only. I suppose it's it's in the person's sniffer on whether that's true or not. <laughs> we'll stop right there, and I will let you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I was thinking about uh, that whole story, and. Um, I thought, well, I could take 30 minutes just telling you stories about what it was like being Steve growing up, but I uh, was born and raised in Michigan, and I did want to say bad axe yes. on the podcast <laughs> so that people would know bad axe Michigan is a real place. You can come from there. I did. I B-A-D, have. First word, B-A-D. Second word, A-X-E, bad axe. Yep, yep. And uh, there I was raised by a loving mother and dad, Don and Marilyn Coble, and had my sister Stephanie was uh, growing up in that same home. And then uh, as a young man, graduated high school, came out to Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa, graduated with a four-year degree in pastoral studies and a minor in counseling. And so then went on to be a lead pastor for 13 years in two Baptist churches and then went through what I would consider in my life, I'd call it wilderness, um, just kind of as a word picture of what happened to the children of Israel moving from Egypt into the promised land. And um, I spent five or six years out of full-time ministry as a pastor and was a mortgage broker uh, selling loans and uh, working working mortgages as a salesman. And then uh, one day I was uh, taking my garbage out. My neighbor's like, hey, I think we could use your help. And it was about uh, probably September of 2008, which was the banking crisis. Bubble burst on the housing market and all the banking. Mm -hmm. And I had started a worship leader consulting business and I was working with four different churches in the Des Moines Metro 
helping develop their worship teams. And uh, the gentleman uh, who was my neighbor was the director of technology at Glory Day. And uh, so anyway, they came out, watched me lead worship with the band. And um, at the time, I was out at Point of Grace in Waukee in their Celebrate Recovery program leading worship. And then Pastor Ron was just like, hey, can you come in and talk to me? And so I signed a six-month contract. They were going to do a national search through the LCMS to see about getting a director of worship. And um, me, I just wanted to lead worship. I didn't want to be a part of anything, really. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then, um, you know, with that, after six months, they came to me and offered me a full-time job. And kind of wrestled with that just a little bit and then just realized reading the tea leaves, if you will, about the mortgage industry. I'm like, you know, I'm probably going to be better off if I take full-time employment at Gloria Day and just really had a sense of really from even the first time I stepped on the property that um, God had a work for me to be a part of uh, that he was doing at Gloria Day. And um, so, yeah, so 11 years later, I'm worship and technologies director at Gloria Day. Um, and then about a year ago, uh, just shy, six, six weeks shy of being a year ago, got married to my wife, Amy. And so I've got two kids, uh, Michaela and Micah. And uh, then Amy and I have just been kind of spending the last year forging our life through the first year of marriage and uh, just learning what it means to be in a partnership relationship and uh, really work hard on the healthiness of communication and listening and what it means to serve one another. And, um, and just, uh, I guess when you, when you have a situation uh, that you come through, it gives you opportunity where hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can come to the table and become a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we've known each other since 2008, somewhere around there. Oh is yeah. That possible? No, wow. it is. It is possible. Wow. And, uh, I thought Phil was actually had been at Gloria day for years before I showed up and Phil actually only showed up like four months before right. I, yeah. But I, I thought he was a veteran and, uh, actually you and Leslie, um, with your small group, you were the first family at Gloria Day that ever invited me into your home. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, as we always do on, on tap is we, we try to share a beverage uh, as we're talking, even though we're doing it on Zoom. I see you have a glass uh, of oh, wait. Fin- fineness in front of you. What, what are you drinking, Steve? You know, that's a story in itself. I, I, I landed on Fire Truckers Uptown IPA because I have had the privilege to perform at Fire Trucker Brewery in Ankeny, Iowa on multiple occasions. Consider the owners there um, dear, dear, appreciated people within the industry of music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, actually, once again, um, this, this is a place that brought, has br- brought very good memories of us being together as friends mm-hmm. and, um, being able to be surrounded by close friends and to be able to lift up a melody, to share a story. Um, even after the music was done, sitting around the table, bringing in pizzas and, and just enjoying good, 
good conversation and community. And so um, I, quite frankly, I had my growler and I was going to stop by 515. But but apparently, according to the COVID, they decided instead of Tuesdays being their off day, now they've realigned and it seems like every single um, Iowa brewery is taking Mondays off and then they're going Tuesday through Sunday and ramping up their hours as they go. And so the growler sits empty. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll just go and get me some uh, no-coast grapefruit from Peace Tree. Mm. I'm literally one of my favorite, favorite beers. And so <laughs> I Googled Peace Tree in East Village. They're closed on Monday, too. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and so then I like, I know it's at the bait shop. But I just is like, I don't feel like driving downtown that far into into downtown. So then I'm like, I'll just stop by High Beyond University. And I'm like, I was looking at the no coast because I've got roots in, in Knoxville, Iowa. And uh, and I thought, then I saw the Uptown IPA. And I said to myself, self, there can be a shout out to Fire Trucker because they support live music. And as a Amen. musician, you can really appreciate that and appreciate what that means within the community to be able to have that opportunity. So, Well, I'm drinking a toppling Goliath. Oh, yeah. TG. Pompeii India Pale Ale. This is probably my most favoritest of beers currently. Um, wow. Got to go to the brewery last year with my wife. It was my birthday last week, and a couple of my friends gave me a four pack. So, oh wow, I am uh, participating in one of those. And you like that better than pseudo sue, eh? I do like it better than pseudo sue, but I, I'll have to, I'll have to, um, um, just you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of you know cheating on toppling Goliath a little bit. But last week I got a six pack of of um, Big Grove Brewery, yeah. Uh, the easy Eddie. Oh my. Really? I, it's, it, it's almost, it's almost better than this, but I'm, I'm not going to cheat on toppling glass. So. Well, so, I think after you talk to some of the brewmasters though, what you'll find is it's a brother sisterhood yeah. and uh, they, they just love that um, at some point in time, craft brew broke out and you're not left with the big three. And uh, I, I think they're just all for, people melding the hops together and coming up with new flavors and well that's cool i'll yeah. keep my eye out for that i will yeah well if you haven't tried it well when if you come over for friday i'll, I'll pick some up for mm. when you're playing the block party i'll pick some up so uh, i am coming over friday yeah so <laughs> I, I, I i it'll be part of your payment i'll uh, i'll pick some up and you can all right you, right you on can try that, that sounds cool so what's on your heart today, brother? Anything that pops your mind you want to chit-chat about? I know we've had a lot of heavy stuff with oh man, race relations and the COVID still going on and life's yeah. not really normal yet, you know, as we know it. Yeah. And, you know, I would be remiss. Uh, there, there's a lot of friends of mine that are involved in the movement of Black Lives Matter. And um, when, uh, when the situation... Um, with Mr. Floyd happened, uh, I just felt pushed into, uh, with being a person who lives in a public life to be able to use the platform of my public life, to be able to speak peace into that and sorrow and grief, Mm -hmm. um, that weekend during a time of prayer. 
and that was that was before for everybody under the age of 12 all hell broke loose mm-hmm. you know I, you know apologize for the language but you know as far as uh it, it just when i heard the news it just hit me hit me so hard and um and so i i'm in the middle of a path of walking with people um from all angles and uh i marched uh the thursday after that uh weekend mm-hmm. uh, with with a group of friends um and to be able to get my eyes and feet on the ground to have a sense of what's going on within our culture um and uh you know it um and for those who've listened to the podcast where Phil and I like go through that whole conversation, if you want a, if you want a deeper sense of uh, within the mind of Koval on, on this whole thing, I, I would just say go to Five Minutes with Phil with uh, Tabor Church out of Chicago. And um, I think there's like 67 minutes. Yeah, I listened uh, to it. Yeah. And so, um, you know... And, and so there was a lot of work in that. And where I find myself right now is um, I find myself building relationship. And so I, I don't feel like my work concerning this movement's over. Um, I, I do the work of encouragement. Uh, as you and I were talking before we hit record, you know, on how uh, the, the steps that you're taking to educate yourself, mm-hmm. um, to get insight into not only what's currently going on, uh, but also to be aware of what other people have had to live through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I would be very remiss if you said, hey, what's on your heart? Not to mention that, because um, even though I don't want people when I walk into a room to think, oh, well, here comes Coble and he's with Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, quite frankly, where I'm really at is I am in a place to look into the mirror and hold up mirrors. Uh, so that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just pushing people to really take a look at themselves. And, um, so I jotted down three things. Um, the first is, uh, just about the journey and, and that doesn't exclude how are you involved with those who are marginalized? Um, and so, um, you know, it, it just, I don't know, man, dude, I get caught between a rock and a hard place about every moment of my life. Um, you know, you know, that band, the Monday mourners that Matt Handley's in. Yeah. 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 So, uh, their, their like little phrase that they say is, um, Hey, if you like rock, we're, con- we're too country for you. But if you like country, we're too rock and roll. <laughs> and I mean, and really it's true. I mean, they, they got some deep roots and some old country, you know, and stuff like that, but man, Pat Curtis on the drums and Clint's voice and Matt, Matt's songwriting. I mean, like this, just this whole thing and the bass player, um, he's, he's the arts director professor. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it's over, uh, at Luther, Luther college. Anyway, I digress, but I feel like on this journey, I'm just caught in this place where conservatives find me liberal and liberal liberals find me conservative. You know, I'm, I'm like, it, it doesn't matter what I say and open up my mouth to do. I'm pretty much making somebody mad at me. You I, know, I'm not trying to get one of those labels and I'm not trying to be one way or the other. I'm trying to follow what God commands to love myself and love him and 
love my neighbors, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, to tie Christianity to any one side is wrong because there's no political party or politician that, that follows everything that the Bible says. I'm sorry. And I would set it, even that term, it's funny, your mind went to politics and I was actually talking about theology and religion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But I mean, but is the season, right? To your point. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just, Hey, what does the journey look like? And one of the things that happened through COVID, um, affectionately called dash 19, um, is that, um, you know, my, my brain just over firing, it just got horrible trying to figure out because so many changes were happening so fast. And so, um, I just moved into, I'm going to live in the present today. Mm-hmm. If today seems overwhelming, uh, I'm going to take it one minute at a time, but I, I'm not giving much thought to, to my tomorrow. Um, because, and as Jesus said, tomorrow I'll have enough troubles of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so, so in the journey, life is a journey. There, there is, there is not a destination. There's no, no thing of said accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so doing that, another thing, um, and I'm not very deep on the thought process of this, but I've been questioning my own motive mm. and just, just to ask the question, hey, what's motivating I, again, I bring up the thing about conservatives and liberals and theology and, um, you know, and, and it just brings me to a place where I'm like, and I, I can really appreciate your words, you know, yeah. Hey, you, you're, you're, you're letting God be your judge and you know, you want to love God and love yourself and love others. And yeah. And so I've just started down that. And then, um, really with such big things happening in our day, um, present day and moment is the question of what I mean, what am I being called into? How is God at work preparing a way for me to be able to fulfill what he's made me to become mm-hmm. again, if I go back to the journey in this day. Yeah. And so those are the things that are, are on my mind. Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I'll just be honest. I was convicted because, you know, I remember my grandfather and being around, you know, he wouldn't watch, uh, he wouldn't watch the Cosby show because sure. there's black people on there. He'd watch Archie Bunker. But, you know, George Jefferson's on there. But when George Jefferson had his own show, he wouldn't watch the Jeffersons. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I kind of grew up with that. And you're like, as you grow up, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not prejudiced. I'm not biased. But guess what? There's a neighbor that's lived in my neighborhood who's black, who I've seen drive through the neighborhood several times. And this week I was convicted. I've never talked to him. Wow. Well, I've talked to him twice now and I know his name and, I know, I mean, after talking to him twice, he's like, thank you for accepting me and thank you for loving on me. And I'm like, I hardly know you, you know? But here he is living out in Urbandale, Iowa, you know? Yeah. Um, Definitely a minority. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
Um, but why haven't I, I've lived here for 14 years and he's lived here for five or six. Why haven't I talked to him before? At least throw him a wave or whatever, you know, it, it, you say you don't have biases, but then you start checking. It's like, no, I do. Yeah, I do. You have habits, you have biases. We all do. It's so, true. Yeah. And I, as, as before we came on, I, you know, we were talking a little about, uh, the movie, uh, just mercy. I watched it Saturday night and, uh, I, I, I'll confess, I had a little, I had a tear around in my eye when when, uh, when when he put his head down the table and was sobbing when he got released. And I, uh, we ended up watching it again last night because I watched it with my wife and my daughter, and I just thought it was powerful. I mean, just yeah. really powerful. Told a great story. Um, the other thing that really stuck out to me was one out of nine people on death row are have been put there by false pretenses. Yeah, you know, and it's just. You think there's people that are on death row, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that they did what they did and should be punished for what they did. But it just, again, just opened my eyes and my my mind to something that I never even knew existed until this, until this whole thing happened. So, yeah. so, so then what I would do is with that information, I would draw a conclusion that you would even say that while you probably have friends posting on Facebook about all lives mattering or kicking against, you know, the stand being taken, you know, about police or pointing to the riots and things like that, the reality is because of what's going on, it's shifting and changing how you're thinking about these things. Right, and now and now I'm now I'm balancing that against can, uh, culture canceling, you know. Yeah. Everybody wants to get rid of the police. All police are bad, well, or all this are bad, or you know they try to justify. Well, this guy was a bad person, and this guy, you know, I mean, there was another incident this week incident this weekend in Atlanta, and people are trying to justify it. I'm like. Eh. It, it, again, going back to the movie, I've never been pulled over by a police officer and been scared for my life. Right. I mean, I knew it was like, hey, I'm speeding or I'm doing something stupid I shouldn't have been doing. But to actually actually be scared for your life because the color of your skin is not right. But then to balance that with, to paint a, a broad brush that every police officer is bad. Well, I know a lot of police officers. And there's some pretty good dudes and they've worked their butt off to, to be good police officers. And I feel bad that they're thrown in the same, same light, you know, as bad police officers. But as we know, there's bad pastors, there's bad cooks, there's bad. I mean, I, I said last week with, with Phil, depravity does not have a bias, right? We all have it. And how does it come out? You know? Yeah. And oftentimes, I think when you see uh, and take take a look at, you know, ourselves in the mirror again, uh, we'll find that, um, you know, it's power and control and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and corruption in that. And um, when that's what's feeding you in your identity um, and without it, you're nothing, mm-hmm. then the feeding of that and taking on more and more power, more control, 
finding your identity in the position of whatever it is. Um, and so as I've gotten to walk with people who are marching uh, for the cause, the one thing is, you know, they're, they're talking about systematic change. Um, mm-hmm. They're not talking about the individuals. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, and I, I, th- I think that um, the unanimous work of both the Senate and the House this uh, past week um, and the things that were written down um, is a big sign of recognition of faulty system. Yep. And I, in that, that's not condemning any person in position or profession, but it's recognizing that when a system has been built, and that's why I ask you the question if you'd, if you'd seen 13th, because 13th will then take um, the, the one movie, uh, which is biographical in a story, mm-hmm. and, and showing the truth of what has happened. And then, um, you know, it will unfold on how the system that the United States has put in place mm-hmm. by men in power, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, really do and in, in creates an inequality uh, and has continued an inequality. Um, what's really interesting, I... One, one of my favorite things to share with other people when they give me grief um, about being verbal is uh, I just share with them that Phil and I talked about human trafficking in the sex trades for two years before anyone picked it up mm-hmm. at Gloria Day. I mean, yeah. we, were ta- we were talking about it uh, when the microphone was on. Um, we were pointing people to it. We were having long conversations. People were like, I can't believe anything like that would be happening in, you know, Polk County, you know, and, and then, you know, but it just paved the way for Dorothy's house and for Furjack and for the awareness campaigns. Mm-hmm. And if you see something, say something, well, gosh, don't you have a heightened sense of awareness of what's going on around you? Right. You know, Michaela has a really close friend uh, whose boyfriend is black and uh, they were having Michaela's birthday party and the, the cops were in the neighborhood and stopped by and uh, they're, you know, they're like, Hey Earl, do you want to go out there and help the guys with the, with the cops and stuff? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to stay in the backyard <laughs> by the fire. He goes, I, I don't need to mix this up like that, <laughs> you know, and stuff. And I mean, really again, we probably wouldn't have dove into it if this situation hadn't been occurring, but having an awareness yep. and then to be able to call that out, you know, and he, man, he's what a fun, fun guy grew up in Des Moines, went to Roosevelt, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it just, it, it's one of those things that on my heart is just how people can be open to what they can learn. Yeah. And I think real test of this will be, you know, it's, it's, it's the moment it's, it's the, the hot topic right now. It's, it's the thing to really focus on, but where will we, will we be still talking about this six months down the road, 12 months down the road, five years, 10 years? Will, will yeah. we, will we cycle back? Will history repeat itself? Will we finally break the cycle of this? Because it's been going on for, well, the United States is what, 200 and right. almost 50 years old or something like that. 
Well, I wrote George Floyd on every month of my calendar from now until the end of the year, and I will write it, his name, on my calendar on every month of 2021. And that's just one little thing that I'm doing yeah. so that I don't um, become callous too. And again, you know, that being said, I'm looking at that, that I think that that's the reason why journey is one of the words that came to my mind when I was reading through the questions for tonight, you know, and then, and then what, what am I being called into um, in, in regard to um, the things that I speak of, how I speak to others and, and stuff like that. So, well, I want to take a really hard turn here and completely right. change the subject. That's all right with you. All right. Um, mission trips. We have been on mission trips together and yeah. have had some of the greatest conversations on mission trips and time spent together and bonding as brothers. And um, it's just something I can't replace. I mean, you just can't replace. Yeah. And we talked, yeah. you know, one of the things that stuck out for me last year was, you know, we see all this physical poverty. And I was thinking about this today. I, I said, I think in the United States, we really struggle with spiritual po poverty. Yeah. Even the people that go to church every week, you know, they oh. truly walk in with God. And with this whole COVID thing and being cooped up and you see the race relations and George Floyd going on. And um, it just seems like uh, it, it, it's burst, you know, it, and, but then when we go back on these mission trips, you know, we, we get time to, it's the journey, like you said. Um, is there something, I mean, has something popped your head about mission trips and why you do them or um, why do you continue to do them? Or, you know, what, what's something you'd, you'd share about, about mission, mission work, and especially overseas mission work? Well, it does come back to me. It comes back to being open, open in your journey. You know, if you've got every T crossed and every I dotted and you've got your whole life planned out, I'm here to tell you right now, you are going to miss out on the adventure of your mm -hmm. lifetime. And me, I, I don't look at life as a series of streets and stoplights and um, a highway that I get on to travel. I, I consider life more of a, more of a river. Mm. Uh, with the ebbs, the flows, the bends, um, you might get dumped over a few hundred feet in a waterfall here or there. <laughs> you know, it's not all, it, it's not all smooth water and, uh, glass top memories by any means. But, um, you know, when, when I got invited to start traveling on mission trips, um, it was, I'm pretty sure your appeal to me the first time was, I know you can sing and I know you can play guitar. And so I'll have you lead worship. But what I really need is I need a fresh set of eyes to see the things that I haven't, that I'm getting used to seeing. And I know that when you take pictures, how you take pictures, you look at life in a different way and you'll be able to capture things that I'm missing. Mm. And, um, you know, it was, it was on that, that, um, you know, I, and, and I really, if there's any pictures that I love to take, um, and actually Don, uh, had mentioned this to me last year. He goes, you know, he goes, you just have the ability to step into whatever's going on and you capture moments that speak with the emotion of what's going on. 
And um, you think of that one picture of Todd walking out of the um, uh, out of the one property with the uh, the storm clouds overhead. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and sweat. I mean, he, he's wet from his tank, the top of his shoulders and his tank all the way down to his butt crack, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, how tall is that dude? Six, 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 eight, somewhere. Around yeah. There. Six, 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 eight, you know, and, and, and stuff. And so like for me being able to do that, um, I, I know on our last mission trip, one of the things that I know that needs to be in my life, no matter where I go or how old I get. Um, I was leading worship. It was the second before the last day. Um, and there was a song that I was singing and God just spoke into my heart and he's like, this is what I made you for mm. is to worship me and to bring other people with you. And, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I'm used to kind of dialing in and listen to what God's kind of speaking to my ear or into my heart and stuff like that. But, you know, it's special things like that. And, um, and I, and there's other, I, I think I've learned to value too, probably that on those trips, the, the value of reoccurring mission trips is, um, the depth of relationship that occurs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The first year I went, there's people, I'm like, I know you're here. I love you in Jesus but I have no desire to ever know you again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that even though that's true, then, you know, two or three years later, these are some of like the warmest hearted individuals that I get to, you know, have a, like a yearly reunion with and yeah. exchange and stuff like that. And so, um, the other thing that I really like about mission trips is that it puts, uh, it brings the physical realm of the kingdom into play and at hand. A lot of times when we're doing the work of ministry, it's the unseen work. We don't know uh, what that seed planted will ever do or will become. Um, but I really think that this is, this is where, you know, Jesus would even bring that there, there is the social, I, I'm going to use the Christian cultural term, the social gospel part of it. Where, like physical acts are actually the act of God towards humanity mm-hmm. because other humans are acting the way God would act towards humans if God were in place as a human. And mm-hmm. so when you're bringing clean water, when you're bringing medications, when you're bringing food, when, when teams can't travel, even though they were scheduled to travel, but they're sending money down so bags of food can go out to these villages where people are literally on lockdown um, and, you know, in great fear because their medical systems uh, are so poor in comparison to everything, you know, that we have, Um, you know, and so just to see how um, the body of Christ gathers together for that. um, Yeah, that, that it's inspiring to see how people haven't forgotten, even though, you know, 51 other weeks out of the year, they're not in that space. Right. Um, yeah. It's like a big family reunion. Nobody's related by blood, but we're definitely a family, God's family. And so it's my, related by blood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm about to end of my uh, Pompeii. My last okay. question that I always ask everybody is what gives you joy 
in this journey of life. And I think you've touched on several things, but maybe, yeah. a, maybe a, a one pointer. What, what do you point to that gives you journey in this or gives you joy in this journey of life? You know, I, I just continue in, in my spiritual journey of what it's migrated to and what, um, how I'm, how I'm working out, living out the faith mm-hmm. that God has given to me. Um, I, I just come into, I mean, like I'm a, I'm an odd duck, dude. I, I really like these Franciscan priests. The idea of St. Francis talking to the squirrels. I, I mean, I've got sister Robin out on the back. She's, she's a yearling Robin. And every morning when I go out for my coffee and let the dog go out to do her business and stuff like that, I'm like, Hey, sister Robin, how are you doing? You know? And then a squirrel came up the other day. I'm like, brother squirrel, tell me this story about living in urban Des Moines in my backyard. You got anything? And that squirrel looked at me and was like, dude, you are crazy. And just turned around and went back the other way. Me and the squinny though, me and the squinny, I mean, and there's like four of them. So it's like Chip, Dale, Chip 2 and Dale 2. And they're all, you know, scurrying around, filling up their cheeks and stuff. And, you know, I'm just hanging out. And then I've got Gypsy, you know, um, who, by the way, uh, went on full blast last week uh, towards Ollie, the neighbor dog next door. And um, I was expecting her to wipe out when the harness caught and her, her lead got to the end. Nope. Her harness broke and Uh-oh. she didn't miss a, didn't even miss a step in her gate. And I'm like, Kelly, Kelly, Ollie, Ollie. And they're like, I'm like, get up on the deck, chip, 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 and all this stuff, you know, and stuff. And then Gypsy figured out Ollie's not a fighter. Ollie's a lover. And so they just sat there with their noses against each other with their tails wagging and stuff. Like, I'm like, uh-huh. really? We've been fighting for two years all over this, you know, and stuff. And so, but then I got Gypsy and I, I just call it, she's a big old cow. I mean, you know, it, and so I'm telling this whacked out story about this in that um, St. Francis, what, what he taught is that when we see Christ in others and we treat others as we would treat Christ, mm-hmm. we don't have to find the situation of when we will meet Christ. We are meeting Christ daily. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning of that lesson, that was a very frustrating lesson for me. Um, And for the evangelicals listening to this, I'm not saying that everyone believes in Jesus the Christ. I'm not saying for the Lutherans, everyone has been baptized into Christ. But I am saying that as... Jesus told his disciples, you know, they said, well, when, 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 when did we minister to you? When did we see you? Well, when, when you gave water to the thirsty, you gave water to me. When you fed the hungry, you were feeding me. And I think one of the joys that I'm learning right now, or one of the things that brings me joy, is that as I'm slowing down to take in others, what I realize is that when I listen, I'm listening to the words of Christ come to me as mm-hmm. I listen to those other people. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, for me always, uh, rule of thumb, I learned this in mortgages, seek to understand before being understood. And uh, I thought, how appropriate with Black Lives Matter, black people are saying, hey, I don't need you to be my savior. I, I just want you to hear what's really going on. Will you take account of what's going on? I'm like, hmm. two ears, one mouth. Yeah. So when you seek yeah. to understand somebody, it, it usually keeps you from sticking your foot in your own mouth too and speaking something that you wish never passed your lips. I've learned the hard way. Well, Amy and I talk about it all the time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure in Proverbs you can find it. Even a even a fool is a wise man. Yeah. when he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the old adage? Uh, better to keep your mouth shut and let him think you're stupid than open your mouth and prove it. Right? Yep, yeah. exactly, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely learning to keep my mouth shut, even though, you know, wow. yeah, it's the opposite are, of what you do on a podcast, right? Marathon strides. Yeah, every time you open your mouth on one of these, you're just uh, – really opening yourself up in vulnerability for people to really find out what you think about and what you're, what you're mulling over. But to me, it's an opportunity for other conversations to occur and just mm -hmm. continuation. And what I have to do is just remind myself that um, my, my purpose here isn't to be right. My purpose here is to facilitate conversation mm -hmm. that will allow for change. And, yep. and I just, if for anyone who has a question for the record, I really do believe that the only true change can occur through Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. And I say that because sometimes when I use the languages that other people can hear what's being said. Oftentimes the greatest offended are other believers. And they're like, well, how come you're not more clear about that? Or how come you just didn't say it that way? You know, and things like that. But yeah, I, I tell you what, dude, um, that's a whole different story. We should go down the uh, Richard Rohr path of uh, cosmic Christ and the difference between Jesus and Jesus the Christ, and Jesus Christ, and what we've made Jesus to be. Um, because there's, there are a lot of people, if you want to make it about race, there are a lot of people who thinks Jesus is white. I've been, I've been in, I've been in uh, Israel. Um, I, I would seriously doubt that he was Caucasian. Well, and he's not, and he's not speaking with a Midwestern accent either. Nope, and he doesn't have a finely groomed beard, and he doesn't have finely haircut that's really nice and a nice complexion and yeah he probably looked a lot like just about everybody else that walked the streets those days so so with that why in the world are we trying to colonize the rest of humanity with a picture of the christ that we think he is instead of taking up the words of the christ mm -hmm. and recognizing that we can find him in all of the others the variations, the ethnicities, and the differences that we're not. If the place that I am moving to is the place where other people look just like me, I continue to have a very shallow DNA-pooled tribe. But mm. if I am able and willing to go on an adventure of the journey 
and find where I may meet the Christ and those who are different than me, my life may become so much richer than it ever would have been. Amen. Amen, brother. <laughs> With that, I mean, that that could be a whole sermon series right there and a whole right message there, series and a whole podcast series and everything else. So we're going to leave it right there. But All right. Well, hey, you know. thank you for the privilege, Bill. Keep doing the good work. Hey, well, we, we certainly will. Uh, I've yeah. enjoyed it so far. and I'll see um, you Friday yeah. and sing melodies in your ear and let you smell my pheromones. Awesome. And you know, the change that you see may just happen in yourself in those conversations. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All right. Peace out. Yep. Have a good one. This has been On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. A special thank you to our guest, Steve Coble, Worship Director at Glory Day Lutheran Church. We pray that our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers.